chances are you've known or read about great leaders and learned that often they have weaknesses. From that, you probably concluded that you don't have to be perfect to be a great leader. But there are some weaknesses that cannot be overlooked. Today, we are going to talk about serious weaknesses. Some would label these fatal flaws and the six that effectively kill a leader's effectiveness. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th Percentile. I'm your host, Brianna Corin, and joining me today is my friend and a leadership legend, Jack Sanger. It's always a pleasure. This is a nice interlude in my week, Bri. I enjoy it too. Today's discussion we are having is about preventative care for leadership. Before coronavirus, there were six diseases that were responsible for a large percentage of deaths around the world. Heart disease and stroke accounted for more than half of all deaths. Then pulmonary disease, Alzheimer's, cancer, and diabetes followed. Now, if the goal is to diminish the death rate, these were the diseases on which to focus. So a question that you had, Jack, was what are the comparable areas of leadership behavior that account for the greatest number of leadership failures? Yes. So in the research that my colleague Joe Folkman and I conducted, we too found that uh, mild weaknesses did not appear to erode an exceptional leader's effectiveness. Our research highlighted, however, that there was a difference between a mere or kind of minor weakness and a fatal flaw. In our original research, we identified a profound strength as a competency at the 90th percentile. We decided to apply that same logic at the other end of the scale. We identified those behaviors at or below the 10th percentile as fatal flaws. Some have called them derailers, but whatever name you choose, they are serious. Bottom line, a fatal flaw is a significant weakness that goes beyond merely diminishing a leader's effectiveness. A person with a fatal flaw was never among the most effective leaders in their organization. It was kind of like they were chained to a lead ball and tossed into the river. <laughs> Therefore, such weaknesses cannot be overlooked. Fatal flaws trigger such negative impressions uh, that they cannot and obviously should not be ignored. So what were the most prevalent weaknesses? Uh, we examined data from over 87,000 leaders. The data was from a 360-degree feedback assessment where leaders from across the globe were evaluated by, on average, 13 other people. And they were evaluated on 19 different competencies. And I'm looking at this list of competencies. And what's interesting is there's this natural breaking point in the data of there's these top six fatal flaws and then, and then the others kind of peter out, but these are very prevalent. And five of the top six among leaders are interpersonal skills. 
So <laughs> if I wasn't a leader's ability to get results or their technical expertise or strategic skills that brought them down, it was how they interacted with others. Is, is that surprising? You know, there's an old saying in the HR world, it is nearly always the case that people get hired because of their technical competence. And then they get fired for their interpersonal incompetence. <laughs> Not a surprise. No, it's true. So there was a study done with Bank of America that showed that 39% of millennials admitted to interacting more with their smartphone than the actual people in their lives. And I think if they redid that study over this last year, it would probably be even more because of all of the coronavirus <laughs> stuff. Sure. No interaction with people. But, you know, when you get the iPhone notification at the end of your week that tells you the average time you spent on your cell phone per day, it's always kind of a little alarming. <laughs> going, That can't be true. <laughs> There's no way. I had a lot of phone calls, right? Um, the reality is at the end of the day, there are many leaders who are so focused inward and they forgot that their main job was to focus outward on those that they're supposed to lead. So let's hear more about these fatal flaws from this study. Yeah. Well, first, uh, first off, you know, weaknesses, even serious weaknesses don't have to be fatal. We have found to our surprise that over 60% of leaders who received feedback indicating that they possessed one or more fatal flaws. They were able to make a significant positive change. In one study with 1,469 leaders who had fatal flaws, we found that by them working to improve these fatal flaws, they were able to move their overall leadership effectiveness rating from the 18th percentile to the 46th percentile. Oh, so 40, the 46th percentile brings them back to average, right? Very close to average. Now the most common feeling among leaders is the lack of ability to inspire and motivate others. One in five leaders has this serious problem. Most leaders have learned how to drive for results. We call that push. Pushing is an effective way to make sure others get work done. You know, setting deadlines and holding others accountable, reminding others of their deadlines, rewarding them, and then, you know, again, reminding people about when deadlines are met or missed. That does get results and it motivates people. So most leaders know how to push, but another way to influence others to perform well is to pull or inspire and motivate. Inspiring leaders get people excited about achieving a goal, and they infuse energy into their activities. Now, not everyone feels that they can be inspiring. Some jokingly admit that they do not want to be cheerleaders. <laughs> the problem with having a fatal flaw on this competency is that these leaders are uninspiring. This drags the people down who work around them. Mm -hmm. And the good news is that it's possible for leaders to learn to be more inspiring if they want to. They can learn to bring positive emotions to work and to make, you know, the effort to connect with team members. You know, a leader who keeps other people informed is just much more inspiring than a leader who keeps their team members in the dark. And finally, they find meaningful ways to develop their employees. I think that 
this skill can be really intimidating for people like you had mentioned, but we found there's a lot of different approaches you can take to being inspiring. And we did an episode last year around December um, about our researched approaches to inspiration that you can listen and check out if you haven't already. So what's the next fatal flaw? The next one is practices self-development. It's the most, it's the second most common fatal flaw. And it's one that you have complete control over. Uh, For instance, one technique that I deeply believe in for self-development is learning to ask other people for feedback. But many people resist that simple behavior. People who learn this skill are more successful in practicing self-development because other people let them know when they're making a mistake. Uh, You know, the false assumption that some people have is that if you ask others for feedback, it will make you look weak or insecure. In reality, it has the opposite effect. It makes you look courageous, and confident. Those you ask feel very respected, and they often give you very helpful suggestions that end up making you a better leader. Strangely enough, younger employees are more likely to ask for feedback, and that unfortunately declines as the decades go by. Yes, you are never too old to receive feedback or set a goal. (laughs) Now, coming in at number three, for the most common fatal flaw is teamwork and collaboration. Yet another interpersonal skill. Not everyone is a good team player. I think we all know that to be true. And if you think about the teams that you have been on in your career that were great, those good teams had a great leader who was inspiring, who encouraged people to work together. On the other hand, being on a difficult team is a, is a completely different story and different experience. And some leaders can build a good team. That is a skill they have. And others, you know, may have a good team, but they decide they're in competition with other teams. So they hoard resources, they resist communication, or they fail to, to cooperate. In essence, leaders must learn how to build a positive team and cooperate with other teams to avoid this common fatal flaw. The next one is developing others. Um, Employee surveys consistently show that one of the most sought after rewards of a job is the opportunity to develop and learn a new skill. Development changes jobs into a career. Many leaders complain that they are overwhelmed with their jobs, but they at the same time resist training one of their direct reports to take over some of their responsibilities. Hmm. Leaders who seek opportunities to develop their direct reports increase engagement and the productivity of the team. Do you think another reason people avoid doing this is because they're not sure how to develop or coach others? Uh, Yeah, very much. And this may be that they haven't had much coaching done for them from any of their bosses earlier in their career. The next fatal flaw is about communicating powerfully. Communication is one of the easiest skills to improve. Our research revealed that when comparing pre-tests to post-test results, the largest improvements we saw came in the area of communication. Some leaders are simply lazy about keeping others informed sharing information correctly, 
or following up with others. Some think that squirreling information gives them more power and influence. Hmm. Going from having a fatal flaw to average takes effort and practice, but small changes are highly visible and they're really noticed by others. Two fundamental skills can make a profound improvement in communication. One is the willingness and ability to ask good questions. And the second is the skill of being a good listener. Good listening is not simply remaining silent while the other person speaks. It involves actively working to truly understand what the person is thinking and feeling and helping them to convey to others what they're thinking and feeling efficiently and effectively. So true. And the last fatal flaw, number six, is builds relationships. Yeah, some people have a difficult time building and maintaining positive relationships with others. Do you think, Jack, that some leaders fear familiarity with others because they assume that if they're friendly with team members, they'll take advantage of them or it will be hard to kind of reprimand them? Yes. You know, and I think this is an unfortunate holdover from some old ideas of leadership that came out of the military. Uh, the fear had been historically that if a leader got too close and familiar, familiar with his troops or her troops, they couldn't put them in harm's way. Uh, what suffers the most with poor relationships is trust. Distrust erodes almost every aspect of leadership. Learning the fundamentals of how to build a positive, trusting relationship with others is a skill that will help people in every aspect of their lives. You know, if you were a leader who struggles with one of these six common fatal flaws, ask others for help. Even small improvements can make a significant positive impact on how a leader is perceived by others. On the aggregate responses from a manager, several peers, and their direct reports, if the responses on a five-point scale are increased by only a half of one point, that person moves from being at the 10th percentile to the 50th percentile. Wow. Rather, modest changes in behavior can make a huge difference in how a leader is perceived. And, you know, and one final comment, Bree, I would want to make is this. You know, we have often thought that these serious failings would involve truly obnoxious, rude, boorish behavior. But the reality, if you'll note, is quite different. It is the lack of being inspirational. It is the lack of practicing self-development. It's the lack of, of being a good team player. It's the lack of developing other people. It's the lack of communication and building relationships that constitute these really serious and most frequent weaknesses. The 
90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna O'Corin and Jack Sanger and produced by Sanger Folkman with music by Pleasant Pictures. If you're interested in learning more about Sanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in the episode details or on our podcast page on sangerfolkman.com.